Welcome to the ministry of the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. It's been my honor to be the Bible teacher for this ministry for over 20 years. We have rejoiced to be able to come to you every weekday during that time. This is a program of the International Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. You can learn more about our work by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. Today, we turn to the last half of 1 Kings chapter 21. Ahab has attained the vineyard of Naboth through the assassination of that man. Elijah, the prophet of God, is told by God to go and pronounce judgment, horrific judgment, on Ahab and his family. We'll take this passage and consider the ministry God has given his people of pronouncing judgment. So the conscience acts like a prosecutor against our souls. It comes to us and it says to our souls something like this. You did it. You did it. And along with that, it seems to imply to us that not only do we know what we've done, but that someone else knows what we've done as well. Someone knows, as we know now, God knows. God sees. God understands. A, a, a godly mother does something wise when they reinforce to their children on a regular basis that God is always with them, and God is watching over them, and God sees everything. This information taught and, and put into the heart of young children provides tremendous comfort and courage in their moments of fear, that God is always there and God is always watching over them. You'll notice little children, by the way, I noticed this with our children. Uh, years ago, we, we bought a swing set and uh, we have large windows out the back of our house, but we decided that the swing set would serve better along the side of the house. And initially, we put it out right in front of the back doors and the kids were there playing all the time. But when we moved it to the side of the house, they never went and played. It wasn't enough for them to have a place to play. They wanted to play and enjoy themselves under your watchful eye. Something about that was comforting to them and encouraging to them. And so that's where they wanted to be. It is a comfort. It is an encouragement to them. We also noticed when they really wanted to do things naughty, they went to the side of the house. Right? <laughs> it wasn't so comforting and encouraging to them when they knew that we saw everything. When you teach your children that God sees everything and God is everywhere and in every place, it is encouraging to them. It's a source of comfort and courage, but it's, it's also a source of concern. God sees everything, everything. And the child begins to know this and understand this, that God is acting with their own conscience, telling them that somebody else knows what you've done, every thought that you've had, the things you've buried in your own heart, the things that you've hid from your parents or you've hid from the world still today. God sees it all. God knows it all. Your conscience tells you this. Ahab, with all of his wickedness, had a conscience, and it told him, you did it, and you can't get away with it. Naboth has been slain under false pretenses, religious pretenses. Jezebel goes and tells Ahab the news. Ahab leaps from his bed with glee and rushes to survey the vineyard which he will now take possession of. He begins to lay out the plots for each of the crops that he wants to go in his little garden there along the wall of his palace. And as he does it, he tempts in this enthusiasm to brush aside the suspicion that he's, he's about to be found out. But that suspicion grows in him. God has seen him. God comes to Elijah. God sends Elijah to go and confront Ahab. And by the way, when you read in Scripture, you'll find out that this is not the first time that God has sent a prophet to a king in Israel to tell them that God knows what you've done. And God is going to bring judgment. 
In fact, it happened to David, didn't it as well, when Nathan came to him. Elijah confronts Ahab and lets him know that there will be judgment to be paid for his deed. The dogs will lick up his blood. The dogs will also do the same for his wife. His sons will meet a similar fate. His dynasty is about to be wiped out. There is not one single note of surprise in Ahab's words when he's confronted by Elijah. Instead, he speaks as though he was expecting it to come. Have you found me? Have you found me? His conscience has been preparing him for this encounter, and surprisingly, as we read on in the text, Ahab, as a response of this encounter, will repent of his sins. And I believe we'll see that he found mercy and forgiveness from God, but it won't stop all the consequences of his sins. God can forgive you and relieve you of the burden and the personal guilt of your sin, but your sin also sets in motion consequences in your community, in your world, and all around you that cannot be retrieved, and the same will be true for Ahab at this time. But let's, let, let's look at that and consider that a little bit later. For now, let's just learn some lessons from Elijah's ministry of judgment that he brings to Ahab. And the first thing I would have you just note here is I would have you just take note or know that judgment is taking place. We should recognize that if we are to speak for God and we are to declare to others his love and his goodness, that we also have to declare to others his judgment. The meaning of judgment, by the way, is the sorting out of all the facts and all the details, the searching out of all the proper information so that through judgment can be applied appropriate justice. Judgment comes before justice. Judgment is knowing everything and getting all the facts you might say on the table and then justice proceeds. The reason in our world we never realize full justice is nobody has full judgment. Nobody knows all the facts and all the details and all the mitigating circumstances to lay it all out before them. But God knows everything. He sees everything. He is even now searching out the thoughts and the intents and the actions of every man and every person. And he sees it all and knows it all. And based upon that, he will one day render his justice. In other words, what we could say about God right now is he's taking notes on our lives. He's watching over it all. In Daniel chapter 5, we have the story of Belshazzar, the Babylonian king. He's drinking in his palace with his wives and his concubines and some of the lords of his realm. And As he's drinking, he's using the gold and silver vessels that have been captured in God's temple in Jerusalem. And he doesn't praise the God of Jerusalem as he does it. He praises the gods of gold and silver that have provided this gold to hold the wine that they drink and As he's making a mockery of God in this way, a large hand appears in the banquet hall and it etches out in the walls of the banquet hall these strange words, many, many tekel uparsin. Everybody's in fear, everybody's in shock. Uh, The king calls for Daniel to come and explain what all this means. Daniel comes and gives him an understanding of what it is that's just taken place Basically, he tells him the story of his own father before this, Belshazzar's father, and how his father had become proud and arrogant and raised himself up, and God had miraculously and powerfully humbled him to the point where ultimately his father called out and declared before all the nation that the Most High God of Israel was the God who ruled over all the kingdoms of men and appointed all the kingdoms of men, and he humbled himself before God. And you know this event, Belshazzar, but you have not humbled yourself. 
You've not learned from your father's lesson and humbled yourself before God. And the meaning of the words written on the wall is this. God has weighed you in the balance and found you wanting. God knows. God sees all. He's taking the inequity of our sins into account and he will one day in justice bring all things right and into balance. But as for today, in judgment, he's, he's taking his notes. He knows the sin that we've committed and the sin that is hidden from all others. And God is judging even now your life, your way. Nothing is hid from him. Upon that judgment one day, he will render justice. Here are a couple verses that accentuate this. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Judgment is taking place. Jeremiah 23.24, God declares, Can anyone hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? Judgment is taking place. Job 34, 21 and 22, we learn that uh, this of God, that his eyes are upon the ways of man and he sees all his goings. There is no darkness nor shadow of death where the workers of iniquity can hide themselves. Judgment is taking place. God sees, God knows, God calls to account. Justice is delayed, justice is deterred, but judgment is already underway. Our consciences tell us this is true. Hast thou found me, Ahab said, knowing he was already being found out? Yes, Ahab, because you've sold yourself into sin is the answer. And of course we know it's not Elijah who's found Ahab, it's God who found out Ahab and simply sent Elijah along to let him know that God sees and God knows. Judgment is taking place. Here's the second thing we want to see here. There's a ministry of declaring that judgment to others. There's a ministry of declaring that judgment to others. Elijah is called upon to inform Ahab that God knows. He's called upon to confirm that what Ahab's conscience has already been telling him of this truth, even as Ahab, I'm sure, is trying to suppress this fact. It's Elijah who is sent out with this ministry of judgment. God sends this prophet to tell Ahab that God has seen and that God will bring into account. And This role that's being carried out by Elijah in this passage is now being carried out by the church and by the Christian, the follower of Jesus Christ. The church has descended, in a sense, from the line of the prophets, and we have this duty to, among other things, proclaim that judgment is taking place and that justice is on its way. And the question for a moment that we'll pause and answer here, which is very important, is how do we do that? How do we go about telling other people that judgment is taking place and justice is on its way and it's coming upon you? How do we carry out that ministry? And I'm going to suggest to you that there's two ways primarily that we do this in the world in which we live. And the first way is this. We proclaim that we ourselves are prepared for the final judgment and the final day of justice. Our witness, our testimony of salvation in Jesus Christ is a proclamation that we have prepared ourselves or we have been prepared to meet that day of judgment. We can stand before God who has taken all the notes of our lives and yet we, ex- we expect fully to escape any punishment upon ourselves. Something has happened. Something has been realized by us. Some good news that delivers us from the bad news that we have been accumulating out of our own lives and building up out of our own lives because of our sins. We have discovered that we are sinful and filled with iniquity. We confess this in repentance before God. 
God has revealed to us that a payment has been made on our behalf. God has provided one who has made the way for us to be made right before him, uh, for justice to be, and for all things to be put in balance and realized and restored. Jesus, the sinless, righteous one, has taken upon himself our sins. He has suffered in our place, and in the place of our sins, he has given to us and extended to us all of his righteousness. And all this has happened because we've had our faith and belief and our trust in him so that we can stand before a holy God who has seen all of our sins and he will see them no more. We're covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. This is our message. This is our story. Evangelism Explosion has two different questions that they ask. One of the questions is, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? And the believer in Jesus Christ answers without blinking, yes, without hesitating. We get ahead of the question. The next question is, if God were to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven, what would your answer be? And again, we answer without hesitation in ourselves. We deserve God's just wrath against us and our sins. But we have confessed our sins, and we have claimed Jesus Christ, his son, as our sin bearer who has suffered our punishment in our place. And he has placed upon us instead all of his righteousness so that we may come before you, O God justified and made right by your own saving work we claim heaven as our own and we say it with confidence join us tomorrow as we explain how such a testimony can only increase the sense of judgment in those who don't have it thanks for joining us today for the bread of life you can learn more about our ministry by going to breadoflifeboise.org until the next time may God bless you